0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. It is your boy, Dr. Mark List. Before we get into today, we're hitting up the primary care Pod at gmail.com inbox. You've known this before. So last week, I got some feedback. You know, people said, Dr. List, that was a mean trick. I actually thought you had a Tesla. Um, and, and comments about Teslas in general. OK, you know, all jokes aside, um, I do have some fun trivia, though, about um, Elon Musk, right? Since that was part of the joke last week. Uh, you know, Tesla founder Elon Musk is originally from South Africa. And some of you may think that's strange because you think he was from Mad-At-Gascar. Mad-At-Gascar? Mad-At-Gascar? Okay, yeah, let's start the episode. You may think that was a bad joke, but I bet you're gonna remember that. Ghana? (laughs) Haha. Uh, can you please give me a laugh here? Kenya? Kenya, please stop. Okay. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients. who should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast, produced on my own time solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Welcome back to the podcast, pod girls, pod boys, pod people. It is your boy, Dr. Mark List at you with another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. Uh, today, we're not doing anything fancy today. No new studies, no new journals. Um, I read a really good review article um, on acne and, and wanted to hit up the highlights because there there's a couple little tips and tricks with acne um, that I think are, are good to know. So, anyways, um, I think that primary care... I think a lot of primary care docs feel comfortable with basic acne management, but we're just going to do a quick review. Um, and, and really, I think the key that this article talks about is to know the difference between comodomal acne and inflammatory acne. Um, and yeah, there can be mixed uh, mixed, uh, both inflammatory and comedonal. You can actually have nodulostystic acne with really deep lesions. But comedonal meaning not having as much redness and a lot more of the small little closed whiteheads and open big blackheads. Um, but less the inflammatory red um, pustules, right? So inflammatory acne has a lot more red and papules or like little whiteheads, little pustules, um, whether they're uh, nodules or cystic, right? Bigger lesions, that's more inflammatory acne. Um, And and so the big difference is with comodomal acne, the starting management uh, really really does change, right? If it's just comodomal and not inflammatory, uh, things like adapalene, uh, uh tretinoin. These are all really good medications that really help with comedomal acne more than inflammatory acne. Um, uh, similarly, azelaic acid, azelaic acid, oh, I can never say that word, is also another really, really good topical treatment for comodomal acne, right? And so when we talk about these medications, the other thing that I always talk to parents about um, is when we're talking about first-line acne medications, they're all very, very expensive. And, and I, I think a lot of people have had that sticker shock of going to the pharmacy, and if their insurance doesn't cover it, you know, a tube of Adapoline, uh, which is really great for comedonal acne first-line treatment, um, can be like $300 retail for like a 45-gram tube uh, of adapalene gel, right? Um, but here's, here's one really, really big hint, and that is if you don't have good insurance coverage for these topicals, they are crazy expensive, but get the parents to get the GoodRx app, right? Whether it's on their phone or printing off the coupon, because I'm gonna go through some of these prices here, and it becomes a lot more manageable, a lot more manageable. Um, still pretty crazy expensive, and, and I don't have anything dirt cheap with it, when it comes to acne treatments. Um, benzoyl peroxide over the counter is obviously probably the cheapest, um, but, also is probably the weakest. And most patients, by the time they've come to you, have been on a benzoyl peroxide. Um, but at the same point, um, I think that if they haven't, obviously that's the, probably the first place to start. Um, and so so Adapalene, right, we've got a, a price here of $54 with the free coupon of a 45 gram tube. Um, Terezotene, um, tazer, ah, tazerotine, I can never pronounce that, Tazarac. Um, is actually the cheapest you can get it with a coupon is $80, which is a lot more expensive and that's only for 30 grams of a tube. Uh, Tretinoin, um, Retina A is only 42 bucks, 40 bucks with a uh, coupon. When you go to the, um, so then, you know, those are more for comedone treatments. If you go for the antibiotics, which are better for inflammatory, um, acne, lesions, you have clindamycin, you have erythromycin, and really the clindamycin gel, even with the coupon is about 75 to 80 bucks. And uh, a 75 mil tube of generic clindamycin uh, can be crazy expensive. We're talking like several hundreds of dollars. So that's about the cheapest you can get it if your insurance doesn't pay for it. But topical erythromycin gel that can be used with pretty good success um, is only 20 to 30 bucks on, depending on your pharmacy with a coupon from GoodRx. And that's normally about 100 bucks uh, retail. So again, a little bit cheaper to get it that way. Um, I think that, right, when we look at algorithms, right, always wanna start with topical benzoro- benzoyl peroxide for mild acne, then adding, um, you can do a combination therapy where you can do uh benzoyl peroxide plus uh, a topical retinoid, um, you know, ter- Tazerac, um, Tazerac, uh, Tazar Oh, I can never pronounce that word. I'm just going to stop saying it. Um, Adapalene, Tretinoin, uh, you know, a combination therapy is really good for mild acne, but really for mild acne, if it's comedonal, you really just stick with those. If it's more inflammatory, but mild, you can add a topical antibiotic. Now, when we get up to moderate acne, you take whatever you were previously using and then add on to it, right, an oral antibiotic, or this is when we can start considering doing hormonal therapy, right? And so for oral contraceptives, that usually works really, really well for females. Um, You can also talk about spironolactone for females, which also has really good effectiveness and isn't a birth control option, um, but also has really good success rates. And you know, even at twenty-five milligrams once a day, you usually get some pretty good hormonal control. But obviously, birth control pills work really, really well for this. From an oral antibiotic standpoint, you can use simply amoxicillin, right? Two hundred fifty milligrams twice daily actually has some pretty decent um, anti-inflammatory and antibacterial effects. Again, just like in the case of the topicals, the Inflammatory acne responds better to oral antibiotics. The red pustules, the red papules, um, tends to respond better than just straight comodomal acne. Cephalexin, azithromycin can also be used. Cephalexin you use in 500 TID, azithromycin you use in 500 um, for three consecutive days every 10 days or 500 milligrams three times a week. Um, again, you also have pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory properties with that azithromycin. The, the the kind of the, the classic standard of doxycycline and minocycline uh, are really, really good. Most uh, most patients have been on those at some point, um, but doxycycline, 500 to 100 once a day. Um, you can also go twice a day if you need to. Minocycline, same doses. Um, again, really, really good response rate with um, with the tetracyclines and work pretty well. You can also use Bactrim. Um, I have not seen really great studies on Bactrim but uh, Bactrim trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole for you international listeners, um, not the DS version, not the double strength, um, not Bactrim DS, but the 80 trimethoprim and 400 of sulfamethoxazole um, is uh, is probably your better bet. Now, after that is when I don't do the isotretinoin, um, the Accutane. I do not. I do not prescribe that. Um, there are family doctors that do. Um, I do not. That is where I get dermatology involved. But I think that people are so reticent to even try in family medicine to even try treating their acne that I think they try a topical and then they punt to then they punt to dermatology. When in general, right, we go up from that topical combination therapy, multiple um, multiple. Agents of topical agents, and then you add an oral antibiotic in girls. Adding the hormonal agent um, works pretty darn well. And in fact, with a lot of women that get on oral contraceptives and/or spinal lactone, they can really actually get off of their topical treatments and just do orals alone. Um, with severe, right? With severe acne, then we're talking about um, a an oral antibiotic plus topicals plus multiple topicals. Um, And even in females, and we're talking about hormonal plus oral antibiotics plus the topicals. And then again, of course, you can always consider the final answer, the oral isotretinoin, um, AKA Accutane. Now, Accutane has a lot of issues, um, have to be closely monitored, obviously have to have birth control on. In addition to that, just prevent any potential birth defects on it. Um, But again, good medicine. I think it works really well. There have been, there have been a lot of evidence that, I shouldn't say a lot of evidence, a lot of weak evidence that supports high glycemic foods making acne worse. So lower carbs, lower, you know, more of a pro-inflammatory diet, anti-inflammatory diet, pro-inflammatory, blah, blah, anti-inflammatory diet, you know, reducing the high glycemic foods. Um, and, and there's been multiple studies that have shown dairy uh, also causing in association with acne. So again, uh, less less milk, less high glycemic index carbohydrates, and uh, probably some improvement of acne control. Again, just like I say with nearly everything, dietary studies are usually pretty garbage. So take this with a literal grain of salt. Um, now there have been a lot of trials on you know injections and procedural stuff. I think that gets a little bit outside of our scope, um, but certainly topical sorry injectable steroids into major um into major lesions right before uh you know prom or senior pictures can certainly be done but overall i'm definitely not an expert and i'm not gonna pretend to be when it comes to procedural interventions for acne so i think i'm just gonna leave it alone with that so just a quick little review on acne. Nothing crazy, nothing groundbreaking. Um, I was reviewing it myself this morning. So I thought, hey, while I'm reviewing it, um, might as well check in and make a podcast episode of it. Hopefully this was a helpful quick review. Um, and hey, I'm under uh, 12 minutes. That's fantastic. This has been Dr. Marklis for the Primary Care Podcast reminding you, you don't need to stay up all night. Stay up to date. Thanks and have a great week. Bye.